2: from kqed i'm in the kitchen on a saturday morning and my husband bursts in excited his eyes aglow he has to tell me about this remarkable new thing he's learned to do on his device copying and transferring articles then editing them in digital layers and saving blah 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 his enthusiasm is delightful i smile and nod and struggle to share the moment but i can't get there or I'm reading the paper and land on a piece about a renowned cartoonist with samples of his whimsical work. I chuckle appreciatively. Later on the phone, I try to get my sister to laugh too, as I describe one of the cartoons. There's silence on the line. Then she declares, I guess it's one of those you had to be there moments. The ecstasy gap. We all experience the gap. My book group friends stumble on it in our gatherings. In solitude, we each read and enjoy even underlining or jotting notes. But then, in our discussion weeks later, it's nearly impossible to articulate that moment of epiphany, the sudden rush of feeling. The passage read without context, outside that time of total absorption, falls flat. Polite murmurs echo through the group, and it's hard not to feel disheartened by the disconnect. Oh, the fragile line between sharing joy and boring others! someone trying to describe the hilarious antics of the puppy at the beach or the riveting plot of last night's movie. It rarely translates. Wordsworth explained poetry as emotion recollected in tranquility. A masterful talent with words allows a poet to stimulate those emotions again in others. Sadly, most of us don't qualify as great poets. But maybe we can just overlook the frustration and simply love our friends' bid for connection, the urge to share pleasure. We can uh uh-huh and nod and smile. Never mind the gap. With a perspective, I'm Marilyn Englander.